Hi, friends, and welcome back to My Dog Has Fleas podcast. I'm here with my fellow dog trainer friend, Carlos, and today we are going to be talking about how TV shows set an unrealistic expectations in the dog industry and dog ownership. What we all have in common with all these trainers is that we want to provide a better life for our dogs, but there are things that are lacking in the dog's life. Um, you know, and in 30 minutes, in a 30 minute show or an hour, whatever it is, it gives people this false sense of hope or this false sense of the progress. You know, when we're training some behaviors, they're not done within an hour. Training takes time. Yeah, it does. And I, I'd almost go as far as saying now uh, people are perhaps perhaps watching less TV and more so catching a lot of the quick tips on on TikTok and their uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And they're, they're really great to convey a lot of of the missing parts that are not on TV, but there at the same time is because on TikTok and Instagram, you have a, such a short attention span. A lot of trainers are using that to their advantage to convey that, hey, in, in seven minutes, I've accomplished this much. And that also can make it tough for parents to maybe yeah. not know that it, it takes so much more than that. Yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes things that you don't see, you know, um, that lead up to that. Possibly things they've done off camera, things they've done during the week. Yeah, I was watching, I was trying to to watch a, a video of uh, some other trainers online, but a lot of it is, is cut, edited, and I think people do re- realize that. Um, and in shows that, of course, is produced, so there has to be some kind of storyline, or they may not have shown at all the episodes. It doesn't make for good TV, so I think uh, hopefully people are aware True. of that as well. What do you think is the solution to that? What do you think would, would help people moving forward to have access, knowing that we, they will always have access to that content, but... Um, I think what would help them complete the I think we focus a lot on the dog's behavior and just that output, just what the dog is doing in that moment. And I think we need to look beyond that. And we need to start focusing on things like diet, things like their exercise, their mental, their physical, their emotional well-being. How fulfilled are they feeling? You know, there's a lot of cases that I've encountered. For example, I'm working with a resource garter. Enrichment is lacking in these situations. And as soon as we start to increase that, you see some of this behavior start to dissipate. Some of this just comes from boredom. It's hard for us as trainers when we walk in and we say, do this and this and this and this. And the results might not be instant. Do these things. This is the prescription. This is what I'm recommending you do. And over time, you should see behavior change. And a lot of times I do say in about three weeks or so, that's when the human finally clicks and says, hey, some of the stuff that I was doing, Mm. it's actually working. But it takes a human three weeks or so to kind of figure it out, you know, to build that habit and to be consistent at it so that the dog's behavior will change. I just had a client recently, their dog uh, was neutered. So he's on, you know, bed rest for two weeks and got a message saying, hey, the dog is biting me and the dog is doing this and that when I'm sitting on the couch. And I was like, well, did something change? And she was like, well, he's been wearing the cone a lot. And I said, well, his routine, what has happened? Are you still doing all those things? And she said, well, no, because he's on bed rest. And I said, well, some of these mental exercises and some of these things that don't require a lot of physical exertion on the dog, you can still recover nicely. I recommended to do some other things with the dog that they can just do in the house. Doesn't require a lot of physical activity, a lot of movement. Yeah, it's it's tough because uh, I, it, yeah, it's it's that aha moment, right? Whether it's three weeks or sometimes even on the phone call, they start telling you about these issues and I shoot myself in the foot a little bit because I give them the 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 recipe of when I mm-hmm. ask them, especially if they have a young dog, hey, is he doing this behavior when you go come back from the park or from the play sessions? And they go, no, he isn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, 
why are we not repeating that? And I'd say some people go to the other extreme end where they're doing too much and the dog is is overtired or just doesn't know how to how to to rest. But yeah, I I 100% agree with you. There's a lack of of the reality in terms of what it what it takes to really raise a dog more more than more than even train mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to raise and have that relationship, which I know is is the main thing that you and I focus on with any dog that we work with or even mm-hmm. just meet on the street is what relationship do you have with the person right next to you? Um, and I would wonder the same of any two people. Um, what relationship do you have? How did you build it? Um, what can I learn from? What can we learn from what you've been able to, to establish? But for sure, it, it's built on uh, meeting each other's needs. There's just, it's that's just not portrayed enough on, on TV. Right, and right. It, it, it doesn't sell or it's not appealing or it's not fast enough. And uh, that's the right. reality that we're... Sometimes we need to be upfront with the owner and say, these are unrealistic expectations. You know, um, like how many times do you have a little young puppy and the owner is like, I want the dog to walk 12 kilometers. I want the dog to behave like an old dog, but you have like a 12 week old, you know? So some of these things as well, I think they need to be conveyed and the message needs to be clear. And we need to change kind of that narrative that's happening in TV shows Mm -hmm. where we're only, we're one-sided and we're only looking at the dog and we're not saying to the human, like, excuse me, I think we need to just take a step back and revisit this at a time when the dog is actually developed and matured a little bit to that state at this point right now we can't do that um you know for example i was thinking about amelia the other day and um when you're thinking about like enrichment and some of the activities that we do so she likes to run she likes to go out and be in the forest and and it gives her that that physical release so like mentally it's it's really good for her it's stimulating and then on her physical level it's doing so much for her. It's opening up her muscles. It's, you know, allowing her to unwind and de-stress and just kind of unload. And I was like, well, sometimes I can't get to the forest. Well, in the last year, she started fetching on her own. That's not something I taught her. She knows how to bring things to me and give them to me, but fetch was not actually a toy or sorry, a game that we were playing. That was something that just came about. I let it just kind of happen naturally. It organically, just one day she started bringing the ball back. She realized that (laughs) if she brought it back to me, I'd throw it again. I think that's like fetch is another one um, that we always think the dog needs to learn to fetch. The dog needs to learn to heal. (laughs) Dog needs to, um, you know, learn to wait for his food. But what are we doing? Like, there's so much more than the game of fetch. There's so much more than um, healing, you know, uh, giving your dog more freedom to be a dog and do dog things and and run wild and be on a leash if they can't be free. I want that to be talked about more. I want that to become yeah. normal. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's tough to to convey it because it's not what they want to hear. It's not why they why they called you. And I think it's why it's very easy to to just say you're a dog trainer because you're going to promise this solution. But if, if it doesn't work for them, people will just get into whatever excuse for why it doesn't work. And, and those excuses are probably never even brought up on TV because you don't have to show it. But when you're right in front of them, you can't you can't not show it. But there there's there have been some ways where pet parents, not pet parents, the trainers can can uh, and we've heard all of this oh it's it's your dog's breed oh it's their right. age oh they'll just grow out of it but it, it very few if i talk to them and ask them hey did your trainer or the person you work with explain why they're behaving this way to begin with not just the, how to stop it or how to maybe manage it but why they're doing this they, they either don't remember or they 
but I would say nope. I I that was never addressed, and and um, I, it's it's very hard to to not to try to navigate that because then you want to explain to them, and then it's it's still mm-hmm. not what they want to hear. But if they at least have an understanding, then they can probably convey that understanding to the next person, and and, right. and so on. So the industry can change from where you are trying to build a relationship. So why are you crying today? There's probably a good reason. Um, but yeah, en- enrichment is at the core of that, a hundred percent. So you mentioned earlier boredom. So that's a very, I'd say, probably one of the most common um, reasons for a lot of the behavior or misbehavior. I'd, I'd probably personally say, I think the next second one could be frustration, probably out of being overtired and right. dogs not knowing how to self-regulate. But if if it's boredom you're looking at quite often, what would you say is the first way that people can know, oh, my dog is bored other than, okay, yeah, I haven't done anything at all today um what's what's the way that people can identify boredom and then and then maybe even look up online what what can i do about it but if without of course identifying um they they can't do that so how could they pinpoint oh i'm i'm dealing with boredom right now what i get a lot from owners is that their dog is not bored that their dog sleeps the day away and (laughs) they seem pretty content and i said sleeping doesn't mean your dog is content it means they probably have nothing else to do and they're just doing just that sleeping the day away you know another one is a uh, destructive behavior so sometimes this can be mistaken as separation anxiety or something of that sort but sometimes it is boredom you know uh, dogs who are digging at the couch dogs who are tearing apart furniture the walls that kind of stuff that is expressing a need and they're creating their own outlets because something has been lacking so when i hear things like that I tend to say, well, let's give them an alternative. Let's try to bump that up a little bit. I want to say, I honestly don't give them a chance to tell me their dog is bored. Like I <laughs> right. I walk in there and um, I, well, before I even meet them, we have our questionnaire, we go through it. And on there is a little question about, you know, give me a 24 hour day in your dog's life. And they'll write it down. And it starts with the usual, wake up in the morning, go for a walk, have food, They'll put down the dog naps from, say, 9.30 to 12.30, potty break, maybe a game of fetch, sleeping again until 4, 4 o'clock, they'll have some meal, play. And it's just very generic, play, and then 6.30, out for a walk, and then back home, cuddle time, and then sleep. So (laughs) from that alone... When I start to add up all the hours that this dog is actually active, I can come to the conclusion myself that this dog is probably missing some things in their life. And even, you know, it doesn't have to be like an eight hour day that this dog is doing some work, but just increasing it just a bit, starting small and seeing what those do to, to change the behavior or just, it's very rare that I get a client that says, I'm looking to help my dog with boredom. Right. So how could they, before they get to work with you, um, so let's say, for example, someone that's listening that's all the way in Australia, uh, how would they then get to figure out, okay, it's boredom, now let me reach out to someone uh, about boredom because I, I maybe can't figure out or I have tried and it's boredom, but it's boredom of the things that we already do and I'm just out of ideas. Because I, I love it when they do reach out about boredom, but it's one in a million. Yeah, it's very um, And it's, it, right, it's usually about young dogs and they're not flat out saying it's boredom, rather mm-hmm. um, he's young and I know I need to do stuff. Um, so how could, how could someone... F- kind of get to to on their own figuring out that hey it's 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 boredom 
I like to look at the dog. So every dog is different, right? So we look at each dog as an individual. So I will usually mm -hmm. say, observe your dog and write down some things that you see, what they enjoy. So if they're out on their walks and they're smelling, let them. That is a really easy thing that they can do. You're outside already and you don't need to teach them to do this kind of stuff. Just let them kind of be. It's challenging because, again, we go back to what the dog, what we've seen. The dog needs to walk in a heel position. So maybe that's where they're they're not really getting that exposure that they need to to enjoy their environment. So it's kind of shifting that that thought. I would start with observing your dog, seeing what they like to do, writing those mm -hmm. down, and then finding alternatives that are safe. I had a really good one. The dog likes to dig. And I always get this. I don't right. like digging. I don't like them digging. And I'm like, well, we buy sandboxes for children and we give them like a little shovel and a pail. But True. that's not instinctual for children to go and dig in a sandbox, but it's 100% instinctual for a dog to do it. So is there some way that we can incorporate this into their lives? And they'll say, um, sure, you know, maybe we can give them like a spot in the garden and we can section that off and then we can encourage the dog to do that kind of behavior in that spot. So that's one way that we can kind of alleviate some boredom that's going on in the house and give them an opportunity to try something else outside. Right. So you're saying they uh, they should, which is actually brilliant for them to start just jolting down uh, because we, we do that mentally with with people, right? With our mm -hmm. friends. Oh, we enjoyed going to laser tag. And so you will inevitably, unless you don't enjoy the company, you will inevitably do that again. Um, if there's something you enjoy even more, you'll do that even even more. Um, but that's, yeah, it's very interesting. So you're suggesting that they make a, a, a physical, actual note of what their dogs enjoy doing because then they may never get to the point of, of finding boredom because then they're likely not just going to notice one thing. Mm -hmm. They'll notice multiple of them and then they'll think, oh, we haven't done this in a while. A little bit like people's uh, mood board or vision boards where they put everything they want to do. And then they check off the stuff that they've done. And then they see, oh, I haven't done this thing in a while. And then they do it. Having something visual for them to, to look at, their dog might be then the happiest dog in the world because then they'll realize we haven't done this in, in a while and we didn't hate it. You you clearly right. enjoyed it. That's why I wrote it. Clearly You're looking at it important. through the dog's lens, right? So now it's not the human perspective of this is what I'd like you to do. And this is what I right. think you should be. You're looking at it straight from the dog's point of view. And then now you can kind of put pieces together and be like, well, I saw him doing that the other day. I see that he likes to uh, smell around a lot. Okay. Uh -huh. So give him opportunities to smell, you know, and that okay. leads into other things. Maybe you now start your dog doing some scent detection. Yeah. Um, you know, your dog is very active. You see them, you know, jumping over logs and things out there when you're walking. Maybe you can get them into agility. Like enrichment yeah. really is to me what your dog enjoys, um, helping them to feel fulfilled. We go to work, we work nine to five. By the end of the day, we're done. <laughs> Dogs, they don't, they don't get that. We feed them, we walk them, we tell them what to do. There's yeah. no thinking on their part, right? There's no, uh, you know, raising young. There's no protecting a den. There's no hunting for their food. Everything is just given to them. So how can we help them? And how can we help owners to see that there's so much more to their lives than we actually have provided them? Yeah, it, it surprises me when I have people that want to do training and, and I've asked them, how often does your dog go to the park? And they say once or how often does your dog get to play with others that they know once a week or twice a week? And that's that's fine for for a lot of dogs I work with. That's all they need. But for, for most, I'd say when they tell me that they've done it a couple times a week, but then they follow that with the dog loves it. 
why are we not doing a little bit more often? I, I know there's logistics involved and uh, people's schedules are busy, but if, if they then tell me, okay, it is the logistics and we can fit, we can sort that out. We can find some ways to sort that out. But oftentimes, yeah, it, just like you said, they just don't register it. So if they do write it down, hey, my dog loves doing it, they can adopt more of a mindset that some trainers I've seen do have where they'll tell people, don't work against your dog's nature, work with it. Right. And that's what we teach people, right? Accept the one you love. And uh, if you can't, then that's that's okay. They're just probably not the one for you. And with, with dogs, we pretty much know what they, they can all amass to. Uh, there's very few dogs that also prize us in a lot of ways they can, a lot of amazing ways. But at the, at the core, most dogs want to find their food. They want to do things. They want they want to work to a certain extent. They want to they do amazing things. And we tend to work against that mm-hmm. other than work with that. Um, a sheep herding dog is probably one of the happiest they're bred to do that, but they also enjoy it. I don't know uh, of a lot of pet parents that have that mentality when they bring a, right. a dog home more so. This is what I want you to be as opposed to who are you first and foremost, so I can cater to that. And then you can hopefully cater to who I want you to also be and not just for yourself, but for me as well. How many times have you heard my dog destroys all the toys that we give them? That's a big one. And I always think about they loved it so much, they destroyed it. Um, they're not going to nurture toys like we do. And it is in their genetic makeup to destroy, to dissect, to explore and do all those things. So I usually say, don't deny them. Don't stop buying those toys. Don't stop, you know, giving them these things because they destroyed it. They thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just not to the human's standard. Doesn't mean they didn't play with it correctly. They played with it correctly in their own head. And you can you can always look into that further, right? Because there's there's some dogs that just naturally. I see so many reviews on Amazon of different products where some people say my dog loved it, some others say my dog destroyed it. And when I read a my dog destroyed it, I'm thinking when was it provided? How was it provided? Because some will destroy out of the pure uh, mm-hmm. love of it. Some will destroy out of just pure over boredom. If that's if that's even a, a bo- <laughs> word, right. but. Dogs are dogs and humans, we just need to kind of accept what we have. Uh, They are animals at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. They're not going to operate the same as a a little human that you've grown and said, this is the way humans are supposed to be. They're not. They have their own. Mm, Their own individuality, their own. Their own essence. Mm-hmm. I think with with time, uh, the good thing with social media is um, we're getting more and more transparency, or at the very least, people are because you know they're behind a screen. They're not afraid to to say how they really feel. I I think it's never been a necessarily a problem of what kind of content it's being put out there. It's how it's received because we've seen we've seen a lot of movements where people have just destroyed something that they were just not okay with. If that was the case, so with a lot of content that's being consumed. We have to figure out uh, what is also the consumer responding to and, and allowing uh, to happen and, and agreeing with and, and so on. Yes, not everyone's educated as either the person putting it in front of them or the person next to them. But uh, eventually I have hopes that the way the social media is, people will get to share more and more and more how they feel. And that's going to get people at least at the very least thinking as to what they consume and how they consume it. And that, of course, indicates what gets produced more and more, because just like dogs, we put together what works for others and for ourselves. So I'm hopeful that with time, we will see that we will see that change. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of My Dog Hats, Please. Thank you, Carlos, for dropping by and sharing your thoughts and perspective. In closing, we'd like to leave you asking more questions about why your dog may be doing a certain behavior and assessing them as individuals and giving you the gift of time, knowing that some issues take a bit longer and cannot be solved in 30 minutes. Have realistic expectations. If you're struggling, your dog is struggling. All right, guys, until next time, take care.